Good morning. Hi, Stu. How are you? Glenn, how are you, sir? Oh, my gosh. Great. How was your Labor Day weekend? Uh, Really good, obviously. I know it as uh, the weekend before football, Thursday night, big night. I know you're going to be ready for it, the first game of the season. Yeah, I know it is the uh, weekend where you uh, have to stop wearing white. Uh, I'm sure I guess that's part of it. Yeah. Part of it, I know. <laughs> I don't. I have no we, idea. We live by different rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So football starts when Thursday Tonight? night is the first Thursday uh, night. The, for the first night. Yeah, first <laughs> NFL know. game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody in the control room here is laughing at me. And, yeah, uh, I don't. I have no idea. I don't pretend to know. But uh, but thanks for that, Stu. No, well, I, it's, it's, what it's what I'm interested about. Yes, I, uh, it's I like, know. This is what I'm interested in today. Yeah. Well, we're going to cover some things uh, today that. Um, we're both interested in one gun confiscation and uh, and a whole bunch more coming up. Hello, America. I've got good news for you. It's Tuesday. I know, it feels like a Monday, but we've already passed Monday, so that's probably the last bit of good news we're going to give you for the next few minutes because we had a horrible weekend in America, especially in Texas. Now, it is human nature to say this is to blame. So who's to blame and where do we go from here? All in one minute. This is the Glenbeck program. Your company is about to seal the deal and you can just feel it. There's an electricity humming in the room and you just know that by the end of this meeting, the merger is going to happen. But there's one problem. You're just reaching the decision phase, and already the representative from the other uh, company are starting to shift uncomfortably in their seats. You stare at the office chairs in your boardroom. They're like piles of bricks stuffed into pillowcases, and suddenly you realize these damn chairs are going to queer the deal. Should have gotten the X chair, really, quite honestly. With its patented dynamic variable lumbar support, the X-Chair is what you need for a comfortable workday. And thanks to X-Chair's 30-day no-questions-asked guarantee of satisfaction, you have zero risk. Now, most companies can't make that kind of offer, but most companies don't make the X-Chair. They know you're not going to send it back because it is a fantastic chair. We have them. We sit them in the, in the uh, studios, and it is, I mean, Stu sat in it before he adjusted. He didn't know that there was like 10 different adjustments on it. And he was like, this is the greatest chair ever. Then he adjusted it and he found out why the X chair is so incredibly different. X chair on sale now for $100 off. Just go to xchairbeck.com. That's xchairbeck, B-E-C-K dot com. Or you can call 844-4X-CHAIR, 1-844-4X-CHAIR. Or go to xchairbeck.com right now. Use the promo code and you're going to receive a free set of the new X wheels with your chair. That's xchairbeck, promo code BECK.
In Odessa, Texas, we had bad news again. A gunman went on a rampage. And we all looked at each other, at least we did in my circle, and I imagine it's the same. All of us thought, this has got to end. What is happening to us? Well, celebrities know exactly what's happening to us. Bette Medler said this the NRA. For years, gun dollars have paved their way. Lobbyists always buy them something. So it is, it is now the NRA's fault, according to Bette Medler. Uh, then Rob Reiner said, guns don't kill people. Politicians in bed with the NRA kill people. Uh, then uh, Casey Musgraves says, I love you, Texas. I can't believe we're all being forced to live in a constant state of fear. Second mass shooting in my home state in a month makes me sick. When will we live in a world where human lives mean more than money? Meaning the NRA is taking money and they're bribing politicians to keep the Second Amendment intact. Josh Gad just says another week, another gun massacre. Another week, another gun massacre. Alyssa Milano says, happy Friday, everyone. Oh, I'm sorry, this is Chelsea Handler. Uh, happy Friday, everyone. And Republicans, how about no white supremacists with guns after Labor Day? Stephen King, when are the bench warmers in Washington going to do something about the river of blood produced by gun violence? Change the laws or change the ones who make the laws? George Takai said, when will the Senate act on gun control? How many more mass shootings will we see before we come to our senses? And Mia Farrow says, we have a crisis here. When will someone do something? So I don't know what you got out of that. But let's maybe go to our politicians. Our politicians say they have the solution. The former HUD secretary, now running for um, now running for president, Julian Castro, he said that he wanted to uh, expand background checks for those who sell more than five guns in a year. So now, now I don't know. I don't know if he knows this. You have to be a licensed dealer, and you go through background checks to become a licensed dealer. But he wants to expand that. So maybe we have fewer people selling guns. Beto says that uh, he is going to push for mandatory gun buyback legislation. He says as we, we're, we're going to speak as strongly and as defiantly as we can, but we're also going to take action. Universal background checks, red flag laws, ending the sales of weapons of war, and buying those AK-47s and AR-15s back so they can't be used against our fellow Americans. He's going to buy the weapons of war back. Now, now that we've heard all the solutions, now that we've heard who's to blame, let's have a real conversation, can we? Let's start first with what happened. The police chief in Odessa said both the shooter and his company rang 911 after he was fired. But he left before police arrived. He was a truck driver. He lost his job. But that's 
not why he went on the rampage. FBI agent told the press, it didn't happen because he was fired. He showed up to work enraged. Seven people were killed, at least 22 injured in the attack. Authorities have named the suspect attacker. We're not going to give you his name. But he was 36-year-old, 36-year-old man. He worked at the, at the Journey Oil Field Services. We haven't found any links to domestic terrorism or international terrorism. Do you remember when we used to, we hoped and prayed when something went wrong that it wasn't an American, that we, we wanted to believe that Americans just couldn't do this? He got into his car after he was fired. Police pulled him over as he failed to signal for a turn. He then shot the officers, and then he drove to Odessa. He shot at random. He targeted motorists. He targeted passersby. He was killed in front of a movie theater. But 22 people were wounded including a 17-month-old girl, Anderson Davis. A family friend said she had a hole in her bottom lip, a hole in her tongue, and her top and bottom teeth were all knocked out. Now, that's a pretty compelling story, but let me give you... Let me give you the last two paragraphs. The suspect had previously failed a gun purchase background check in Texas. We must keep guns out of the hands of criminals, said the government, uh, said the governor of Texas. Now that's a pretty compelling story. And if you're anything if you're anything like me, you were impacted by this story. I was with family and friends. And we were all together. And somebody came to the house and said, there's been another shooting. The entire room, everybody in the room went, oh, geez, where? Can we do one thing today? Can we just stop assuming that everyone within the sound of your voice, my voice, that there is half of the country that wants the other half dead? Can we stop assuming that because you believe in the Second Amendment, you don't care about children, you don't care about families, you don't care about what happened? I was with a good friend. And I saw the way he reacted. It, it, it stayed with him for a long time. And throughout the day, he said, just in the middle of conversation, talking about something else, he would say, all those people that got up this morning, they were going to a family picnic where they had plans, and now nothing all those people that got up and had a son or a daughter and now they're dead. 
Now, see, if I told you he was against guns, he would be okay. But his response was, I am going home and I am going to get trained and carry a gun because I am not going to let this happen around me. Now, if I tell you this, half of the country hates him and says he has no heart. We all abhor the violence, all of us. But just like that story, the headlines are all wrong. That story was not a story that was printed in the first hour or the first day. That story came from the next day. There are stories today talking about 22 injured and dead. That's not the headline today. The headline is in the story, but it happened to be the last two sentences. The gunman failed the background check in Texas. So how did he get the gun? Was he a racist? He had a long history of mental illness, and he failed the background check and was not allowed to buy a gun. He didn't buy this gun legally. He didn't buy it in a store because he failed the background check. So who sold him the gun? And that should be our discussion today. Who sold him the gun? How did he get this gun? That's what we should be looking for today. We should also be having a conversation about mental health. But even that is dicey. Because we have a preacher now that says, if you, if you vote for Donald Trump, that's a sign of mental illness. We have people in Hollywood saying that if you believe in the Second Amendment, you have some sort of me- mental illness. Mental illness is always politicized. When a country goes insane, the first people to jump on board are the psychiatrists. And they'll tell you who's sane and who should be locked up. It happened in Germany. It happened in, uh, with Stalin. It happens in China. You use the medical terminology and the medical personnel, and they're always more than eager to tell you who should be locked up. But we're not having those conversations today. We're talking about banning assault rifles. We're talking about banning semi-automatics. We're talking about confiscating guns. Joe Biden even said we should ban all magazines. It's insanity that we haven't already banned all magazines that hold more than one bullet. Well, that would be a musket, Joe. We're talking about red flags and background checks. He failed his background check. The law this time worked. 
Well, he was fired. He was a trucker. Well, we could go down that rabbit hole. How many truckers are going to lose their jobs in the next few years? If that's the problem, we have real, real issues headed our way. How long did it take you before you heard, and perhaps this is the first time you've heard it, that he was struggling with the suicide of his sister? Have you seen the place he lived? All the broken windows? It's like an old factory or granary. Can we just spend a few minutes just talking about the real issue here? Like adults. And not assume that either side is bad. But we're just all Americans struggling with something that we've never struggled with before. Continue our conversation in one minute. Yes, comrades, I hope you had a great Labor Day weekend. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a Marxist holiday, but that's a different story. I told you last week, uh, you know, who the socialists were that, uh, you know, finally made yesterday a holiday. So I, I hope you spent some time honoring the workers of the world. But today, I want to make sure you're taking advantage of the huge sale going on at Blinds.com. Yes, capitalism is alive and well. Uh, the customer service is unbelievable. The uh, quality is unbelievable. The products at blinds.com are the things that you need if you're looking for window treatments of any kind. And you're running out of time to take advantage of their Labor Day savings event. Just like always, every order gets free shipping and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. But if you go to blinds.com by September 3rd, that's today... You're going to get huge Labor Day savings, up to 50% off of everything. Plus, we're going to throw in an extra 20 bucks off the top. That way, you get uh, if you use the promo code BECK, you get the full savings. It's blinds.com for up to half off everything that you would order, plus an extra $20 with a promo code BECK. That's promo code back at blinds.com. Rules and restrictions to apply, but don't wait. Go to blinds.com. Use the promo code back today. Sale ends today. 10 seconds. Station ID. So where do we go from here? Well, we could all be fired up by the rhetoric because there's a campaign going on. We can all talk about how much money the NRA gives to people. Are you kidding me? We're really, we really are living in this cartoon world where the, the Acme Anvil says instead of Acme, NRA. Because that's, that's the kind of world we're living in now. We've boiled everything down to cartoons. You're either the coyote or the roadrunner. And the NRA is the bomb with, that has the fuse that never goes off unless it goes off in the face of the coyote. It's the anvil. It's the box of bird seed.
Let's just start here. People say that he was struggling with the suicide of his sister. You ever have a suicide in your family? Do you know anybody who's committed suicide? I do. One was my mother. The other was my brother-in-law. And I don't understand either. You never come to terms with a loved one. But imagine losing imagine losing a younger sister. Now imagine losing a sister and you have no family or friend network. You are alone. You're isolated. You're living in a you're living in an old factory with broken windows you have nothing no one and you have a long history of mental illness i'm reminded of this him Where can I turn for peace? Where can I find some solace? I know that song. And I know where I was when I first really heard that song. Because I was feeling that way. And feeling very alone. And I realized that I wasn't, that God had this. He doesn't have a friend. I don't think he understood God. And now our politicians are arguing nonsense. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Do you know that most break-ins happen between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m.? That's the middle of the day. Homes without security systems are 300 times more likely to be broken into. A lot of times, just knowing that a home is monitored is enough to keep the burglar away, and they just go to the next house. And what's crazy is that only one in five have home security. Now, here's a really scary statistic. Only about uh, one in ten break-ins are planned. Most of them happen because somebody's walking around and they're like, you know what, let's break into that house. This is why you need a service that will not only detect if someone is breaking in, but alert the police immediately once the threat has been established. Simply Safe makes it easy. There's no contract, no hidden fees, no fine print. Around the clock monitoring starts at $15 a month. They have a huge deal going on right now. SimplySafeBeck.com. Go there and you'll get a free HD security camera when you order. That's a $100 value. Have eyes on your home 24 7 and video evidence of somebody trying to get in. Get your free HD security camera now at SimplySafeBeck.com. That's SimplySafeBeck.com. 
There are millions and millions of dollars going to pro- uh, progressive causes right now. We can look to some of the donors that are doing this. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn tonight. So one of the guys who works for Ellen uh, tweeted out, here's the truth. I don't have the answer to the gun problem. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that refreshing? Isn't that refreshing? I don't have the answer to the gun problem, the mass shootings. I don't want to take guns away from law-abiding citizens. Many people in my life own guns, but we have a serious problem, and we must start talking about gun violence solutions in a bipartisan way. Thank you, Andy. This is one of the producers of Ellen. Thank you. This is exactly how I believe all, all people who are reasonable... Feel. Look, I don't want to take guns away from law-abiding citizens. I don't, I, don't want, I don't want any of this. I don't know what to do. Well, Dana, formerly of the Blaze, then she left for the NRA. Dana Lash uh, said she tweeted right away, and she said, We have to penalize agencies that do not submit all prohibited cases to the NCIC. Now, that's the, that's the uh, commission that actually provides the, the data for the background checks. That would have stopped uh, Charleston and Sutherland Springs. There's two mass shootings. But they're not following the law. We also need to stop coddling dangerous offenders in their youth by preventing establishment of a criminal record. That would have stopped Dayton and Parkland. There's two, two solutions that actually would have stopped, possibly, would have stopped those four shootings. Why are we talking about that? Now, immediately, somebody else said, uh, Andy responded, well, that's definitely a start. And then somebody started to respond, and Dana got bashed for endless amounts of time. It's silly to earnestly engage with a former paid NRA gun shill on the topic of preventing gun violence. Why? Why? They don't it, it, talk about the solutions, not the NRA, not Dana. Don't make it personal. Talk about the solution. She talked about solutions. What's wrong with those solutions? When we're talking about gun violence, it does no good to talk about the NRA when it comes to Odessa. Who sold this guy a gun? He failed a background check. Everybody says we need enhanced. He failed the background check. You don't need to enhance it. He failed it. He didn't buy his gun legally. So where did he get his gun? We have to start having real conversations. Here's here's Joe Biden. Listen to this audio of Joe Biden this weekend. The idea that we don't have elimination of assault-type weapons, magazines that can hold multiple bullets in them, is absolutely mindless. It is no violation of the Second Amendment. It is uh, it's just a, a bow to the special interest of the gun manufacturers in the NRA. It's got to stop. Okay, so once again, we blame the NRA. Now, listen, he says it's not a violation of the Second Amendment. Now, you have to understand, when we're talking about the Second Amendment, 
what happens is people immediately go, well, it doesn't affect me because I don't have a gun. Well, let me give you something from China. Let me see if I can find it here. There's a story from China out uh, today that talks about how uh, how they have given final warning. Now, I can't seem to find it in my stack of stuff. Um, how they've given final warning to the protesters in Hong Kong. They said, enough is enough. They're going to shoot them. They're going to imprison them. And they have no way to defend themselves. China threatens Hong Kong protesters. The end is coming for those who antagonize China. End quote. The end is coming. Now, why do we have a Second Amendment? We don't have a Second Amendment for hunting. Okay, that, that was in the, in the old days. It wasn't even for sports. I mean, you hunted, you hunted because you had to. There was no grocery store, you know, with, with food, you know, wrapped up in a little styrofoam package. You had to go out and hunt it. So it was survival. Well, we don't need that anymore. Yes, but we have hunting. Hunting is a, no, hunting is not a right. Hunting is not, when you're talking about sports hunting, it's not a right. Well, I have a right to go out and shoot clay pigeons. That's not what they were talking about. Why didn't they put in this? Why isn't there the like the uh, the 32nd Amendment on bowling? Everybody has a God written, God given right to bowl. They weren't covering sports. They did it because England made it illegal to have guns. England used to have a God given right. Then they took that right away because the government was losing control of the people. So they took that right away. We reestablished that right. Oh, you're going to fight the United States of America? Gee, the Taliban has done a really pretty good job fighting the United States of America, haven't they? They fought our warplanes. They fought the greatest military I just listened on the New York Times, the Daily Today. They were saying, yeah, it looks like uh, the Taliban is actually coming to the table and they have more negotiating power than the United States. How? How? If you can't use the Second Amendment to defend yourself against an out-of-control government, how did they do it? How did they do it with their guns? You know who else couldn't own guns in America? Who had their rights taken away? Slaves. Slaves never were allowed to have guns. And African Americans, once they were freed, they had their guns taken away from them for their own safety. So let's please understand that the Second Amendment is not about sporting, it's not because I love guns. It's because I believe man has a right to defend himself against someone who wants to kill me or my family. I have a right to defend myself. If, if there were no tools, there were no guns, there were no knives, they would come and try to kill us with rocks. I would have a right to pick up a rock and kill them with the rock.
So let's stop with the nonsense about the Second Amendment just being because they're crazy people who just want guns. No, we actually believe in something. And we believe that we will protect your right to be free. Should God forbid anything happen. And don't tell me, oh, well, that's crazy in America. If you're on the left, you're currently saying that that Donald Trump is worse than Adolf Hitler. There was somebody last week on MSNBC that said he will kill more people than Mao, Hitler, and Stalin combined. Don't you think we should have guns? If that's true, why would you hand your guns over to a fascist? You either... You either don't believe what you're saying about Donald Trump being a fascist or you're just ignorant of history. Now we have to decide banning assault rifles. But we have to have a real logical conversation on this. What is an assault rifle? What is an assault weapon? What is an AR, an assault rifle? What is it? It was a gun that was invented in the 1950s, and it was a hunting gun. Somebody wrote this weekend, I really don't, it was David Axelrod, I really don't understand why people have guns, will have these guns if you don't use them for hunting. We do use them for hunting. It's a modern sporting rifle. That's what it is. You do use these. Now, you don't use a machine gun, but you do use a semi-automatic rifle for hunting. You know what? If you love animals, you want the semi-automatic because you'll be able to shoot it. And if you miss, if you wound the animal and not kill it, you're going to... It's going to hobble off, you'll not be able to find it, and it will die in misery for nothing. This allows you to shoot twice. So we do use automatic or semi-automatic weapons for hunting. But even if you didn't, have you seen the new $9 million Bugatti? If you run the Bugatti, you have to change the tires. They're like $1,000 a piece. You have to change the tires after every 20 minutes. If you're running that thing, really opening it up. Now, the question is, where do you really open up a Bugatti? You see that it just broke all records? 305 miles an hour. 305 miles an hour. Where are you going to drive a Bugatti? Because that Bugatti is made to drive 300 miles an hour. Where are you going to drive it legally over 70? Over 100? Maybe you open it up to 120. But you're going to jail if you're caught. So why would you own a Bugatti? If you're not going to drive 250 miles an hour, why would you own a Bugatti? Because I can. I'm not going to do... Uh, anybody who drives a Bugatti, you know what? They hate the law. 
Everybody who owns a Bugatti or a car like that, all they want to do is just break the law. They're speeders. We shouldn't trust them because you know they're going to drive 300 miles an hour. No. No. Bugattis are usually owned by somebody very, 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 very wealthy. And they're probably not driving it uh, recklessly because it costs two to nine million dollars. It probably never leaves the garage very often. But a Bugatti can't do something that an AR can. And that is defend your right to remain free. My Patriot Supply, Hurricane Dorian, it rages on, and our prayers are going out to the victims of Hurricane Dorian. Uh, but it, it doesn't take human intervention for a disaster to strike. Um, people are fighting to, you know, to protect their lives and their property right now. They're, they've been fighting it uh, for some time to come now. Lives are being just destroyed. And when emergencies strike like that where people are not involved, are you prepared? Are you prepared for days without electricity or the stores being closed for weeks? You know, up at our uh, up at our cabin, we have um, we have these gas, you know, propane heaters. We also are off the grid, so we have all solar. Well, our solar went down for about two weeks. We were prepared twenty below zero on the outside. We were prepared because we had insulated the house properly, and we had these propane uh, heaters that we could turn on the fireplaces and they kept the they kept the place at 65 degrees for two solid weeks. We didn't have to go out, we didn't have to worry about it. Now September is National Preparedness Month. It's time for you to make a plan for yourself and your family. I've done this by using my Patriot Supply. These are the people who have revolutionized it from the days of MREs or, you know, sacks of wheat. Now you have really good top-of-the-line food and, and also the gear and the water filtration products that you're going to need at some point. If you act today, you're going to save $100 on a four-week emergency food package when you go to my website, preparewithglenn.com. That's preparewithglenn.com. They're four-week kits. They include breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They'll last up to 25 years in storage. They're shipped free discreetly to your door. Discreetly, I love that, like it's some sex toy or something. I don't want people seeing it. Yeah, you don't want people seeing it because every time people see it, they say the same thing. Well, I know where I'm going in case there's an emergency. Yes. And remember, I'm the guy who really likes to collect ARs. Anyway, uh, preparewithglenn.com. That's preparewithglenn.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the uh, program. Um, really glad that you are here today. You remember today is today is the day, first day of school for many people around the country. Some schools have started a little earlier. Some will start, I guess, a little later. But this was always the first day back to school when I was growing up, and uh, I remember the the butterflies at the 
bottom of your stomach. Even if you were still returning to the same school, the excitement. I remember, you know, when I was really little, getting the pencils and getting my whole, you know, book bag together and how exciting that was. And I also remember sending my kids off for the first day of school and the butterflies that I had then. It was even more tense as a parent as you wait for them to come off the bus or wait for them to come out of the doors of the school and tell you about their first day. Back to school, Labor Day weekend, back to the grind for all of us. Well, except for many mothers who have had to put up with (laughs) having their kids around the house all summer long. Back in just a second. And your phone call, the number is 888-727-BECK. I'd like to hear from you today. 888-727-BECK. You're listening to Glenn Beck. We're going to be talking a little bit about the cancel culture and the Dave Chappelle uh, uh, special coming up in just a second. And I've been banned from Facebook this weekend. <laughs> I'm so worried about it. Uh, first, let me tell you about our sponsor, uh, sponsor uh, for the spotlight here. It is um, uh, it is Americans, uh, American financing, Americans home for home loans. They have you covered coast to coast, whether you're looking to refinance, whether you're looking for a new loan or a consolidation loan, now is the time to become uh, fiscally really responsible. Please batten down the hatches. Make sure that you are set. You've done all the logical things to spread out your risk and to get your payments down as low as you possibly can. It's American Financing. Go to AmericanFinancing.com right now. American Financing, I'm sorry, .net. AmericanFinancing.net. Or you can call them at 800 906 2340. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenbeck Program. Hello, America. It's Tuesday. We have a lot to talk about. We're going to talk a little bit about guns, talk a little bit about Dave Chappelle and the cancer, the cancel culture. Also, I have a podcast I was on been banned by Facebook because it violates their community standards. Really? What could I have possibly said that violates the community standards of Facebook? We'll tell you about that and the day after Labor Day first day of school all this and more begins in one minute this is the glenn beck program every year america and americans use guns over 200 i'm sorry over two million times two million times we use guns in self-defense did you know that We hear about how many people are killed by guns. How many people are saved by guns? Two million times Americans use their gun every single year in self-defense. 
This is why the U.S. Concealed Carry Association exists, because the legal defense case costs between fifty and $70,000 for the victim. So if you pull out your gun and you were in the right, you still have to go through, uh, you know, a hearing in court. And that can cost you fifty to $70,000. The USCCA, they're the ones who are protecting you, because once once you get rid of the bad guy, the other bad guys, the ones with suits and briefcases, show up. The USCCA is the fastest-growing community of gun owners in the country, and they provide industry-leading self-defense education, training, and legal protection to over 300,000 responsibly armed Americans just like you. And this month, they're giving away $1,000 to 19 lucky winners for free. You can use that $1,000 to buy a SIG or a Glock or anything else you need to protect yourself and your loved ones. Just text BECK to the number 87222 to claim your free entries. No catch. Confirmation text will be sent. The USCCA believes in helping to protect every responsible American out there that they can do it. They're the ones that can help you. Text BECK to the number 87222 and find out more and and claim your entries now. Uh, You can find out all the rules and information at protectanddefend.com. Standard message and data rates do apply. Do you remember how the world looked when we were kids? It was always so bright and so enormous, so loud, fragrant, vivid. And you wandered through it like a tiny little emperor who doesn't realize what they have. The adults preened and obsessed over their meaningless details every day. But from your angle, the life they occupied was fundamentally different from the life that you called your own. Slowly, you watched as the endless days began to constrain into something a little bigger. As the tiny little race car, the full-size dollhouse, shrunk in size. As that huge elephant of a toilet that you had to climb up on really turned into that tiny plastic practice potty that you once used. As the bumpers were removed from the bowling lane. As the training wheels were unsocketed from the bike. As the smiling world of adults occasionally revealed a hint of sadness. Something you only vaguely understood. Then... That one day, you found yourself on a school bus or in the car so early in the morning, and all you knew was today was the first day of school. The idea of school was really kind of foreign. I mean, what could you even compare it to? Laughing and laughing with Dad and the rest of the family in the living room because he sneezed out some mashed potatoes? Running around the cul-de-sac with your neighbor friends who are really some of the only people your age that you knew? Or was it like eating broccoli? Was it... So like going to church, was it? It wasn't like going to a funeral, was it? There was an earthquake tumbling through you because here you are facing the dark of unknown territory and you're being shoved right into it by some big fat guy driving the bus. When you arrive at the wax-scented building with the slippery floors, it's all loud bells and uptight adults herding you into some musty room or some stinky gym or some chaotic cafeteria that smells way too much like cleaning chemicals. And it's hardly smelling like food. That first day, 
you feel as untethered and confused as the troops who invaded the French beaches on D-Day. How they all look so desperately nervous as they waited in the metal boats. You know this because you always stared quizzically at your dad and grandpa any time a program about D-Day came on TV. Because they always had this faraway look, like they were spooked by a monster that would always be there. Halfway through the school day, you found yourself laughing with other kids, kids you've never met before. At recess, you joined the kickball game, and before you knew it, you had to go back inside. Yeah, your teacher was kind, but that was her time. She could talk and talk and talk. She was a little serious, but she couldn't compare them to your parents. She, she was maternal, but in a different way, kind of the way you liked. And whether you realized it then, you deeply respected her. On the car ride home, you couldn't stop talking about everything that had happened on your first day of school. Maybe other people's first day went differently. Maybe yours was a disaster. Maybe you cried and cried until your parents picked you up, or maybe you sat alone at the lunch table, and it was the first time in your life you understood the meaning of really being alone. But whatever the case, you survived. The first day of school embodies the lesson that we revisit often in our lives. We like to think that once you make it through that first day of school, you'll never have to go through that whole routine again. But in reality, kids, it's gonna be like this for the rest of your lives. The way I like to think of it is that there are situations that take courage, a job interview, an exam, graduation, a lecture, any number of things. Get to know them as you move through life. And that's just the professional stuff. The first day of school pales in comparison to your first date. Oh, your first love, your first kiss, your first concert, your first drive, your first drive alone with your license, your first big game or recital or performance. Those are moments that you'll never forget. And then there's the rotten stuff. The stuff you try to forget, the first time you get your heart broken, or the first time you experience honest-to-God betrayal, or your first speeding ticket and seeing those blue lights in the rearview mirror, the first time you lose a friend or a loved one. A lot of stuff's going to happen to you in life, and while it sometimes might seem like the world is a whirlwind of chaos, there is a point to it all, just like there was a point to that very first day at school. In other words, one moment you're as big as your backpack, shuffling onto a school bus, and the next, you're pretending to be apathetic and bored as you walk into your high school for the first time on the first day. Secretly, you're still terrified. And it's a terror that feels so isolating that you truly believe you're the only person in this high school, the only person in the entire world that has ever felt this kind of dread. That first day of school... It's an excellent glimpse into what the future holds, but in a good way. At its core, it's just an exercise in looking for meaning, and that's no easy task. Life is full of joy and disaster. Sometimes you get stuck in the disaster of it for a while. And as long as humans have had language and thought, we've all wondered, what is the point of this weird thing called life? Sometimes in really bad moments of despair or misfortune or weakness, we almost lose track of the point of living. Hopefully, we can remind ourselves today that it can always get worse. It could get much, much worse. Believe me, much, much worse. But even if that happens, there's still a way out always. Austrian psychologist Viktor Frankl, he's proof of this. Frankl was Jewish. He was in Austria during World War II. 
He lived through the hellish realities of being in Auschwitz. He survived. And most impressive of all, he emerged with a remarkably optimistic and humane worldview. He writes in his book that you should read, Man's Search for Meaning. Everything can be taken from a man but one thing. The last of human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. To choose one's own way. Wow, have we forgotten this. That involves a growing number of decisions that we have to make. And some of them are really hard and complicated. And some of them we're not going to like the answers. They're too complicated for us to understand, we think, which is probably the point of them anyway. Frankel wrote, There's nothing in the world, I venture to say, that would so effectively help one survive even the worst conditions as the knowledge that there is meaning in life. I have no idea what the meaning of life is. But maybe it arises from the relentless search for the meaning in life. And the first day, the first day of school, is the series of first days. And at each stage in life, we are and see miracles. It's unbelievable that, honestly, that any of us are still alive today. It's a miracle. Childbirth is a miracle. And at every stage that follows, every day that arrives, is a miraculous gift. So, as you either fumble with your padlock or you're starting a new job, new school, or your kids are. Your first brand new high school outfit, your first grade outfit, muttering to yourself under your breath because you'd practice this at home. You want it to look smooth and natural. Just remember that. Soon, you'll be able to unlock the padlock without even looking at the dial. Soon, you'll be too busy talking to friends, new friends, good friends, or a boyfriend or girlfriend. And the once impossible task of undoing the padlock is going to seem laughably minor. But you've earned that padlock. Just like you earn every day moving forward. You're great. You're marvelous. You're powerful. I can't think of a better way to express this puzzling and beautiful enigma than to quote from poet Alfred Tennyson. Yeah, who you're going to have to read. It's in the poem Ulysses which is about the great Odysseus as he looks at life. First with callous anger and frustration, then slowly with this sense of amazement. The closing line captures his spirit. Though much is taken, much it bides. And though we are not now that strength which in old days moved the earth and heaven, that which we are, we are. One equal temper of heroic hearts made weak from time and fate, but strong in will to strive, to seek, to find, and not to yield. Our sponsor this half hour is Goldline. I I don't invest in gold as much as I buy it as a uh, insurance policy against insanity, and I've said that for a long time. And people have said to me, "Well, you know, when are you gonna get out on gold? When are you?" I don't know. Gold has really done well for me, uh, and I think it has done well for those who have invested uh, in gold. Uh, I don't ever plan on selling my gold. I hope to pass it on to my family in case insanity pops its ugly head in their lifetime. But with the way everybody is spending, the way China has printed, listen to this, please hear this, printed 50 
trillion dollars out of thin air. So, you know, all of the money in the world, all currency from all companies, all put, countries put into one heap is about $60 trillion. They printed 50 and poured it into the economy here and at their home. That's a recipe for insanity. When the value of the dollar begins to fall, it hurts all of us. And that's where gold comes in. The value of the dollar has fallen so much that if you had a $20 gold piece, you could go in and buy yourself a nice suit in the 1880s with a $20 gold piece. Well, you can still walk into some of the best men's stores around and put down a $20 gold piece. It's about $1,600 and buy yourself a really good suit. Gold hasn't changed. The value of your dollar has changed. That $20 gold piece is no longer worth $20. It's worth about $1,600. That's how money works. That's how, how gold works as a hedge against inflation or the deflating dollar. Call today and see how easy it is to own gold or silver at 866-GOLD-LINE, 1-866-GOLD-LINE or goldline.com. Gold has just hit their six-year high, lower interest rates, easing of the monetary policy has made gold and silver prone for a rally. Please check it out now. Call them at 866-GOLD-LINE. Find out if it's right for you. They're waiting for your call. They actually love this audience because, I mean, they have told me several times, your audience is so well-informed. They already know so many of the answers, and they're just so respectful. They love you. Call them now at 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. 10 seconds, station ID. So, Stu, uh, I did Bridget Fetessy's uh, podcast. I'm here in Los Angeles because I'm going to be doing Dave Rubin's podcast. I'm actually hosting his podcast. He's been gone for over a month now, and he hasn't watched any news. <laughs> he hasn't checked the news, watched the news, nothing for a month. And I want to play. Um, yeah, I want to play a little game. Guess the fake headline. <laughs> you know, Jeffrey Epstein kills himself. No video cameras are working. Is that true or false? No. <laughs> Jeffrey, all of the things that have happened this month, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, Donald Trump wants to buy Greenland. True or false? <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many of these he'll get right. Uh, it is bizarre. I, you know, that's a, I wonder what that's like for him. I, I wonder what that experience would be like. An entire month of Wonderful. Not- I, I wonderful, probably right. Uh, wonderful, soothing, relaxing, wonderful. Of course, after if, you, if enough people did it for a couple of months, we would no longer have a republic. So I, there's a there's a line <laughs> yes. there. Yeah, 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 yeah. That it's hard to yeah. find, but it would be personally satisfying, there, at least in the short term. I think there's there's not a problem with all of us taking a break. Yeah, no. I think breaks are really necessary. I do, too. Really necessary. Because we're so burned out. Think about what we've been going through since 2001. I mean, the last normal year I had was in the year 2000. After 9-11, everything went nuts. Everything just started to change. 
where you're like, wait, what are we doing now? And it all became the government. Our lives were not revolving around the government in 2000. We've spent the last 20 years in some weird ass spaceship going through multiple dimensions and we keep landing on an earth that I don't recognize every day. It's like, wait a minute. I like the worth I was on yesterday better than the one today. What's happening? Where, where's this wormhole we keep falling through? And will we ever find our home planet again? I mean, that's the whole point of this, though, right? I mean, when you argue for small government, right, you're arguing for an idea. You're that arguing for it, your life back. Yeah, and it, it, it eliminates this out of your world. I mean, it, yeah. the point of, of this country was really, I mean, a good chunk of it was to keep the government out of your face enough that you can live your life. I mean, the right. government even wanted to keep the government out of their face enough to live their lives. You know, we had our people would go to Washington, they go home and farm for six months. Like, I mm-hmm. mean, this was not the idea that every single waking moment of your life had to be dominated by politics. And, and right. it's where we've come. Uh, I mean, that's an interesting experiment by, by Dave. Is he, have you, I mean, I think he's done this before, right? Doesn't he just? Yeah, he has. Yeah. He uh, has. That's a Last smart, year, uh, I think uh, Ben Shapiro uh, did this with him. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to try to make it, uh, I'm going to try to make it into a game show uh, <laughs> for Dave. Uh, and I think that airs later this week. I was also on Bridget Fetessy's, uh podcast. And I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, it's been banned by Facebook. Why has Bridget Fetessy's podcast been banned by Facebook? Because I was on it. And I violate Facebook's standards. Wow. Who would have known that what? me clicking uh, block that many times could finally do some damage? I mean, that's good to see. That at least <laughs> the system is working. <laughs> Hold it just a second. <laughs> Wait, what? did you say something controversial? Was there no, like a... No, said nothing controversial. Did you guys talk about like really like illicit topics for some reason? Did no. You... No. I mean, you've heard Bridget's uh, podcast. Bridget mm-hmm. can get explicit. She can. She usually has comedians on yeah. and they're, they're, I mean, they're they're trash talking mm-hmm. uh none of that it was a very thoughtful uh conversation i urge you to go see it or go find it go 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 to itunes and find the bridget fetacy and you tell me what is it that i said that violated facebook's standards their community standards i'm a guy i'm a guy who's i've been in broadcast for 40 some years I'm very well aware of the lines of community standards because stations have license with the FCC. So I have to remain within community standards. I am so far away from any community standards violation ever in this podcast. There's no way. So what is the Facebook community standard? What is it? Because it's obviously not decency and common sense. Did you misgender someone? Did you dead name someone? No, I did not. Are you sure? You didn't say Bruce Jenner or something, did you? Well, you you know what? The same thing has happened. (laughs) I don't think so. The same thing has happened uh, with Dave Chappelle. Did you see what Rotten Tomatoes is doing? Rotten Tomatoes, they are just making themselves, they're proving our point. Do you ever go and look what the critics say at Rotten Tomatoes? I look at the audience score. Mm. I don't care what the critics say. They've just given Dave Chappelle... Zero Rotten Tomatoes. Zero. Zero percent. Zero percent. I mean, you want to talk about out of touch. This is crazy. We're going to talk about the Dave Chappelle special. Zero percent Rotten Tomatoes. Next. You're listening to Glenn Beck.
So there's a listener of ours, Betty. She listens to this program. Hi, Betty. She tends to garden um, uh, an awful lot. She she has her garden out behind a rural Nebraska church where she attends. She's had it for over two decades. She's helped raise money for church camp by selling her fruits and vegetables at the local farmer's market. And it really brings her joy. But it has come to an abrupt end. About three years ago, she began suffering from constant pain in her fingers. And she just couldn't do it anymore. And, I mean, when you lose the ability to do the things that you're good at. I didn't take my relief factor yet this morning, and I started writing out for the show, and I had to change the way I was writing because my hands were in so much pain. I can't write. I can't paint. That's the situation it was before I started taking relief factor. Now I take it three times a day, and I can write. I can paint. It's relieffactor.com. Try it. Betty tried it. She's back to gardening again. Good for you, Betty. It's relieffactor.com. Relieffactor.com. Call them now, 800-583-84. Relieffactor.com. Go to blazetv.com. Use the promo code GLEN. Get 10 bucks off your annual subscription. Support conservative voices right now. Uh, hello and welcome to the program. I want to talk to you a little bit about the death of Clapter. It is finally happening. The death n- comedians have not gone for laughter in a very long time. Oh, they'll laugh at the right. They'll poke fun at the right. But because of political correctness, they would never poke fun at the left. And now it, they've just gone for Clapter. And Clapter is kind of like, yes, that's right. That's right. That's over. And you're seeing the death of it from comedians like um, uh, Dave Chappelle. The Dave Chappelle special is, quite honestly, it is, in many ways, it is genius when you think about the jokes. Like his joke on abortion is one of the best deep-thinking jokes I've heard on abortion. The same thing with... um, what was the other one that he was talking about? Uh, oh, um, use, the use of the N-word and uh, the use of the, the F-word if you're talking about gays. You're going to have to follow the. We have so many. It's, everybody's offended by a letter of the alphabet, so you'll have to figure that out <laughs> on your own. Um, and he, it, he's brilliant. He gets in trouble, he says, with what was the network he was on, Stu? Uh, it's Comedy Central. Comedy Central. And he gets in trouble. He uses the N-word all the time. All the time. And he gets called up because he uses the F-word to describe someone who is gay. Have we all figured that out now? Uh, and he's told, you can't say that. I'm pretty sure the F-word and- is now Fredo, uh, if I remember the last <laughs> okay, couple well, of that's, weeks. Well, that's for Italians. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So if you're describing... Uh, Italians and you use the F word, that's Fredo. If you're describing homosexuals and you use the F word, that's another word Mm -hmm. that we can't say. And then there's another F word, the traditional F word you also can't say. That's the old timey one. And that one actually is okay Mm. unless you're on broadcast television or radio as we are now. Got it. Okay. But in like social situations, in public, near babies, (laughs) in first grade (laughs) class, apparently that's totally cool now for everyone to drop. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So 
he is, uh, he says, uh, so I'm called in the office and I'm told I can't use that word. And he said, I don't want to, you know, offend. I don't want to hurt anybody. And he's like, okay, all right. So he leaves the office and then he's, he's in the hallway and he says, I realize, well, wait a minute. How come I can use the N word, but I can't use that word? And so he goes back in and to the standards and practice lady. And he said, why can I use the N word and not the F word? Why is there a why is there that standard? And she said, "Well, Dave, because you're not an F word." And he said he looked at her and he went, "Well, I'm not the N word either." <laughs> such a brilliant joke and such I mean, yeah. that should have been made as a as a an argument point long ago. Are you saying that African-Americans can say that about their friends because they are that? How racist is that? Mm. Yeah, it's great, great point. I mean, it's just it's such brilliant. a... Brilliant. Uh, you know, you're not going to agree with a lot of the stuff if you haven't seen this special yet. There's plenty in there to disagree with. But uh, number one, that's what stand-up comedy is supposed to do. It's supposed to challenge the way you're thinking about something. And he does a great... He's a really interesting way of looking at almost every topic. Even if you disagree with it, it's still I'm not funny sure how and interesting. Much I, I'd have to watch it again. I, 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 I'm not sure how much I disagreed with. Hmm. I mean, like his abortion point, I thought I disagreed with. And then you hit the punchline of it, the final punchline of it, and you're like, wait a minute. Did he just say if you believe in abortion, you're wrong? Yeah, it's a, that's a really interesting one. And I hope somebody, maybe it's for his career, maybe someone shouldn't follow up on it. But part of me, like you listen to it and you're like, did he just kind of say a pro-life point? It's hard I think to he under- did. I kind of thought he did too because of the way he ends it. He starts off and it sounds like every liberal blogger you've ever heard on the topic of abortion. But that's the thing about Chappelle is he, you know, he goes in directions that others you don't, don't expect. Right? Like, and that's what, I don't know. That's what I want out of stuff like that. It's like, you know, I, I get really bored of comedians who um, go after faith all the time. That's right, Stu. That's right. And it's like, Take hey, on. believing in God is dumb. And then 9,000 <laughs> variants uh, on that's that. That's right. And believing in God is dumb. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's what they do. And it's like, there was a time in which that was ballsy to do. Right. Like there was a time in which taking on and you should be able to question and laugh about faith. Right. You should be able to do those things. <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm That's not still right. Doing... Laugh about faith. Thank you. Take them on, brother. Take them down. T- tip your bartenders. Um, I think that there's a uh, there was a time. I don't know when it was, mm-hmm. but when it was like ballsy to step out and take on <laughs> the man. That, uh, yeah, man, he's I'm using the word ballsy. He's using the word ballsy, and he doesn't care. He doesn't I care about all those people without any ballsy. At this point, though, isn't it just a bore? Isn't, isn't it, it just a bore? Yes. Like you're going after the going after Donald Trump is the most boring thing you can do as a comedian. It's the right? lowest yeah. hanging fruit. I, I, and I, I understand that, like. The the audience agrees with it, and they cl- they give you the clapter. And I guess maybe you, you know you, it, it, there are positive things that happen to your your clicks, and I don't know. But like as a person challenging yourself, and this is what I think Chappelle does really well as a comedian, and why he's a legend is he goes into those areas, and he I think looks at it and realizes it's boring to sit here and just blab on about, about Donald Trump. Where can I go to a place that the audience won't expect? And still be honest to who well, I am. 
I will tell you, he went to a place the audience didn't expect, and that was he took them on. Yeah. He he started talking about, you know, how, you know, I want to talk about these people that will just, you know, take you down. If I said anything, you know, 15 years ago that suddenly is in, you know, politically incorrect, that I can't work anymore, and they're offended by everything, and they're all like, yeah, yeah, keep on preaching, Dave. And he's like, don't you get it? I'm talking about you, you, mm-hmm. my own audience. I'm talking about you. And it was like, whoa. And that's true. All of all of us, all of us have a tribe of friends or a group of friends, Facebook fans, whatever, that are all like, yeah, take them on. You're like, no, no, it's you. I'm talking about you, too. You're included in this. Yeah, there's such a, a weird reactionary sort of thing that goes on now where you can't even wait to understand what the person's trying to do before showing your outrage or yes. how, like you know i was i was joking about you know on twitter a lot of the gun activists are doing the same type of tweet why is it easier to buy a gun than to buy Sudafed? you know it's like this stupid <laughs> thing up. which of course it's not and, and, and every, you make that point and I, I just i just found it to be ridiculous because so many people went down the same road so i tweeted something in the vein of of you know why is it so easy why is it easier to buy an AR-47 than it is to buy a metric ton of hamsters? I, like, I don't know. I can't answer that question. I don't know what the answer is. Now, anyone, like, you know, and so, like, but the bizarre split that happens even among conservatives, right? Like, a bunch of conservatives have retweeted it, and people are immediately firing back, there's no such thing as an AR-47! It's like, well... The end of the thing is a metric ton of hamsters. You think this is a serious political point I'm making? Like, I'm a conservative. I'm criticizing the left's response on gun culture. And still, a, a bunch of conservatives are all frustrated that I don't understand the ins and outs of either AR-47s or hamsters by the metric ton. Um, and that's just like, that's not because they are, they're too stupid to figure out the joke. It's that we don't even take the time to think for a second what could actually be occurring in front of our eyes before we yeah, react you know, negatively to it. If you take, if you just, if people would just take the time, they would, uh, they would come to the real point that a metric ton of hamsters are they all safe? <laughs> what, what, how is the comfort <laughs> right. level of the hamster at the bottom of the pile? Thank is you. Is he still alive? Mm-hmm. And you'll see how much. Stu just hates all life, <laughs> and that's why he's a gun owner. <laughs> We're going to. That's right. That's yeah, right. Keep the, take him on. Cancel um, him. Cancel him. Coming up uh, with the cancel culture has gone beyond the cancel culture. It is now full fledged McCarthyism, and I happen to be right here in Los Angeles, California, uh, and I'm going to be in the belly of the beast today. So I want to tell you a little bit about what's happening in Hollywood today with their McCarthyism in one minute. Have you ever been into a baseball game and you looked up and you saw yourself on the Jumbotron and you thought, man, I am I am so fat I don't even fit on the Jumbotron. Maybe you kissed your date or did a little dance with your friends, but you know what you didn't do? You probably didn't hold up a sign with your bank account username and password on it however if you're connected to the wi-fi in the ballpark even with a password you may be exposing what you send and receive online to cyber criminals 
Let me tell you, they would love to see all of your information on that super highway jumbotron. This is why you need Norton Secure VPN, a virtual private network. It uses bank-grade encryption to hide any of your online activity. Norton Secure VPN creates a secure tunnel for the information that you send and receive online so cyber criminals won't see it when you're connected to the Wi-Fi. Just install the software, you log in once, and then it runs in the background. It works on your PC, it works on your Mac, your mobile device. It'll work for you so you can browse privately. Secure your connections today. Head to Norton.com slash VPN. Norton.com slash VPN. Protection starts at three thirty three a month for the first year with annual enrollment. That's Norton.com slash VPN. Terms and conditions do apply. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Hello and uh, welcome. Uh, Coming up in just a few minutes, I'm going to share with you my experience of going through the Salt Lake City Airport yesterday with a shotgun that was locked in a case uh, and how incredibly incompetent the TSA was with this gun. It was absolutely unbelievable. And how I know I can make things a lot easier next time all I have to do is bring a horse, and I will explain that coming up in in just a second. Also, Jeffrey Epstein's uh, model scouting, you know, guy that uh, was helping him. He was the CEO of the model agency. He's just disappeared without a trace. Uh, can't find him. Um, don't know. He might have fallen into a giant wood chipper. We just don't know. Unfortunately, none of the cameras pointed at the wood chipper were operating at the time. <laughs> Rob. <laughs> very sad <laughs> very sad very sad one day one one moment he's chopping up wood the next thing we know he's just disappeared <laughs> all right so let's let's start with uh, will and grace uh these are the two actors that played will and grace uh, eric mccormick and deborah messing and they are advocating for the doxing and blacklisting of hollywood trump supporters they have become Joseph McCarthy. They have become everything that they claim to hate. They uh, it, are. Is there no shame? Is there no shame, Deborah? Have you no shame? Is there no link that you will go to? They are doxing people and saying, we won't work with anyone who supports Donald Trump. If that's not the Soviet system, I don't know what is. If that's not fascism, I don't know what is. Banning people from work because they vote differently than you. Holy cow. I'm having lunch today, and I don't want to say the name of the person. Uh, I'll, you know, I'll ask permission. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> He, he, he asked for a lunch with me, uh, and he said, I want to make it very, very public. Now, this is a guy on the left, and he said, I am so sick of this nonsense. I want to take you to a place where, you know, you'll be seen. Um, he, made the, um, he made the reservation under his name and my name, which you don't do. Uh, and he said, I want everyone in Hollywood to know that I'm your friend. I want everyone in Hollywood to know 
that, yeah, I can talk to Glenn Beck and it doesn't make me a pariah. And this guy's at the level where Deborah Messing, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Because this is the guy that would hire you or not hire you. And he's not looking into who you voted for because that's what communists and fascists do. These people are, they are insane. They have lost touch with reality by saying, by actually believing that the country is falling into fascism. Something that we warned about with Bush and Obama and said, look, we're taking these steps by establishing the Department of Homeland Security. You're making the government more and more powerful. You're leading towards fascism or communism or state-controlled authoritarianism. Don't do it. We talked about it during Obama. You don't want to rule by decree. Now, suddenly, they see a guy on the other side, and they say, oh, it's fascism. Well, we didn't become fascists while we were warning about it. We weren't calling for everyone to be fired. Well, you know, Van Jones is the only one that was fired from his job because of the of the heat politically. And when he was fired, I said on the air that day, I didn't want him fired. I don't want him fired. I don't want to create a culture where we're firing people for what they believe. I just want to know how did he get into the White House with this kind of record? They've become full-fledged McCarthyites. And I, I don't see how they're missing what they're creating, but they are so, they are, have you ever watched a movie and wondered, do they even read the script? Because they're making the middle American point here. Are they even reading the script? Apparently not. I don't think they, I think maybe their eyes are connected directly to their mouth and it doesn't pass the brain or collect $200. I'm not sure how it works. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Welcome to the uh, program. Our sponsor this half hour is realestateagentsitrust.com. Over a thousand active agents strong with another 5,000 who are just waiting on a waiting list. We don't just take anybody and everybody, uh, and we only take a certain number of people that we know we can manage and follow up on. So if if somebody falls out of our parameters of what we're looking for, uh, then we replace them. So we have 5,000 people all over the country that want to be on this list. These are the best real estate agents that we can recommend to you. They have to have a very high sense of urgency. They have to respond to every inquiry in minutes, not in hours. They have to have professional contact. They return calls. They do what they say they were going to do. They have to live the truth lives here. And most importantly, they have to have a long track record of actually selling homes in your neighborhood um, and being able to really do their job at a very high level. This is my company. If you're looking to sell or buy a house, realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now, realestateagentsitrust.com. The 
fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. Hello, America. It's Tuesday. I have a... I was a little grumpy at the airport yesterday. I flew out of Salt Lake City to Los Angeles. And my wife was flying back to Dallas. And I asked her to take my shotgun with her because I'm going to be doing a, a, a charity event where we're shooting and I needed my shotgun. And she said, oh, please don't make me tear your shot. It's going to be a hassle. I said, honey, you're in the Mountain West and you're flying to Dallas. It's not going to be a problem. I get a little grumpy when anyone makes me wrong with my wife. I, I, gotta, I can do that myself. I don't need any help being wrong and my wife being right. I don't need any help on that front. But I want to thank the TSA for just showing us how incompetent a group of people can actually be. And I want to thank the airline for having just decency and common sense. We go there in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. There's a group of cyber criminals found an open database containing data from a major hotel chain. They stole almost a million customer records, and those records contained customer names, email addresses, and phone numbers. Well, that's worth an awful lot of money. As you can imagine, it was quite the coup for our little jailbird friends. Now, when you're staying someplace, all of that information is kept on record. Then that information is stolen, and then it is sold online, and it is then matched to other records that are found on the dark web. This is why LifeLock is so important. LifeLock, they, uh, they detect a wide range of identity th- threats. They keep you informed if and when somebody is trying to get a hold of or sell your information. And if there is a problem, they have a U.S.-based specialist that work to fix it. It is LifeLock. Go to LifeLock.com right now. Nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but they're the best. So join now and get an extra 10% off your first year by using the promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK at 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com and get 10% off. So I'm in the airport yesterday doing what I love to do, fly to Los Angeles to meet with a bunch of people in Los Angeles and the Hollywood type, you know, a day after a shooting where McCarthyism is like, you're a Trump supporter, we need to kill you, except that wouldn't be the voice. The Trump supporter, you know, the voice would be like, hey, you're a Trump supporter or not a Trump supporter. We should have some fixings. Want to come over to my house? We can talk about things. Instead, the real hillbillies are the ones that are living in Hollywood. They found out about a they found out about a, a fundraiser in Beverly Hills that Donald Trump is going to be attending. And they're like, oh, my gosh, we are surrounded by people who, who, who actually voted for Trump. I'm telling you, I know people. I know a lot of people. In fact, a friend of mine had dinner with somebody last night who wants to be a liberal politician who said people here have no idea how many people are just going to vote for Trump because they've gone crazy. 
crazy. All of the people they're putting up are crazy people. So anyway, they just want to make sure that they find him. So I was thrilled to be coming to Los Angeles um, yesterday. And I'm on, I'm getting uh, on the plane. I'm going to the airport. And I said to my wife before we left, I said, honey, um, I got to bring my gun home, but I don't want to carry it to Los Angeles. I don't think that would be helpful. Uh, and can you just carry it with you? And she was like, oh, no, please don't make me take your gun. And I'm like, honey, it's a shotgun. It's not the pistol or anything. It's a shotgun. It's completely unloaded. It's open. They can see it. I know how to do it. I've, I've flown with the gun before, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, oh, don't make me take your gun. It's going to be a hassle. No, it's not. So I get to the airport. And I check in. <clears throat> and I have to go to another line. To check in the bag, which is a very, very, very long line. And all the way along, there are people there who are like, you in line for your bags? No, I'm in line for lollipops. Do we have any lollipops that you're handing out? Of course, that's what it says. Bags. You see me with all the bags? Yes, that's what I'm in line for. I get to the front of the line and somebody says, is that a gun? You mean the big box I've been carrying that is clearly a gun box that I've been carrying for the last hour while I've been standing in line? Yes, that's a gun. Well, you can't check it in here. You got to go down there. Really? You know what? You should be at the front of the line. You should be right there where people are getting into the line where they're like, you getting in to check your bags? Yes. You should maybe tell them if somebody's carrying something shaped like a gun, they should say, you're going to try to check that? And tell them th- that person should go, instead of standing in this line for an hour, to go to the other line. So I go to the other line, and I'm not in a good mood. And the lady behind the counter, now I'm, I have to tell you, I flew Delta, and they were fantastic fantastic from start to finish uh and i i get to the get to the line and i said is this the correct line to check a gun and my wife elbowed me and she was like stop it and i'm like no no honey no no no. i i just want to know if we're in the correct line stop it the lady says i'm a little starstruck right now i just listen to your show all And I said, good, then you can talk to me about this. This is insane. This is insane. And she's like, the gun thing? And I said, yes. She said, you want to know what's insane? Really insane? And I said, yes. And she said, I have to ask you to unlock it? And I said, okay. And I figured I was going to show her the gun and make sure that it was unloaded and everything else. And uh, she said, uh, okay, now you have to walk with me down to the TSA. And I said, wait. You told me to unlock the gun, and now you're handing me the gun to walk through the crowded airport. She said, yeah, yeah, makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? And I said, no, it doesn't make any sense. And she said, yeah, all of us have been talking about it, that maybe the TSA should, you know, make that rule kind of like change. Like, don't unlock it until you get to the TSA, because how about somebody just comes 
to the airport. I say unlock it. They do. We're walking through the crowded part of the airport and somebody pulls out a gun in the unlocked bin because that's what TSA told them to do and shoots everybody. I'm like, this is insane. She said, yeah, yeah. So we walk down to the TSA and I mean, and I would never say this if I didn't actually believe it. And if everyone in my party, my kids, my wife, who doesn't ever say a bad word about anybody, never wants to say, the guys I was traveling with, we had two friends with us. We all walked away from TSA and everyone said, I don't mean to be rude, but were they mentally handicapped? They were like very low level, maybe 60 IQ, I think. And uh, there were two of them. And when we're standing in line, there's a soldier and the TSA opens up his gun. It's an AR. And in uh, exactly how I would have done it, he takes the bullets and they're in a in a box or he in his case, they were in a plastic bag. The magazine was empty and separate. And the 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 uh, the AR was there and it was open so you could see there was not a shell in it. Okay, great. He opens it up and he's like, wow, this is a fantastic gun. You shoot this a lot? Yeah, he's a soldier. He's clearly a soldier. Yes, he shoots it a lot. <clears throat> Why are these in a plastic bag? Well, because I airports tell me that it shouldn't be loaded and it shouldn't be the it should be separate from the magazine. Oh, well not here. You don't have to worry about that. Then he says, "You can go ahead and put them in the magazine." So now we have a guy loading his AR bullets into the magazine. All you have to do now is grab the gun, slap it in the base, cock it and fire. Okay, why would you have him load the gun? Why why would you? What what purpose does that hold? So then he's like, okay, now you just put that in there, and okay, we're going to lock it up. He puts the lock on. Okay, it's good. And some other guy comes out who has an IQ of maybe 40, takes the gun. The next, the next in line is me, and I put the gun down, and it's in a shotgun case. And uh, he's like, you only have one lock for this? And I'm like, yeah, I only have one lock for this. And he's like, it can't fly. And I'm like, I know the case can't fly, but your airplanes fly. And so we could put it on the airplane and it can fly. And he's like, no, it can't fly, sir, because uh, look. And then he reaches down to the top and he starts to pull it apart. And he's like, see, you could just kind of open it here and be able to. And I'm like, what are you insane? So he had to go run and buy two other locks. So it had three locks on it. It's completely empty. He's taking the foam out like, you know, I swear to you, it was bomb-sniffing dogs on mine. He's telling the other guy in front of me, go ahead and load the magazine with me, an empty shotgun. He's got to take all the foam out and everything else. I'm like, this is crazy. And it's, I'm sorry, but the TSA, there are good people. There was a guy in Dallas who was so great, and he was, man... The trains ran on time on his line. He was 
he everybody was laughing and joking with him because he was like, no, don't touch that. Don't no, don't touch that tray yet. No, no. And he was just running it so efficiently and so right. And you all stood in line. And if you moved in line, he was like, no, no, no. I didn't say to go yet. Wait. But he had a sense of humor about it and he was cool and he had he was doing his job and everyone was cool with it. There are great TSA agents and then there are really bad TSA agents and then the TSA just makes stuff up. Well, that's kind of up to me whether to decide that flies or not. This is not a system. This is ridiculous. There are really good TSA agents, really good. In Salt Lake City, there were great TSA agents. Did their job, looked you in the eye, looked at your identification, were actually doing their job. And once in a while, you'll find a boob or two that are just, they have no idea what they're doing. They don't fill you with confidence, and yet they have total control. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. All I had to do, and I found this out later, all I had to do was bring a miniature horse. If I would have brought a miniature horse, I would have been escorted directly to the plane. I'm not making this up. Somebody said to me just a couple of weeks ago on the air, they said, you know, next, you know, they're going to be horses as, uh, you know, assistant animals. You know, those those animals that can, you know, have, wear the little vest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I said, don't laugh. Don't laugh. It's coming. It's here. Did you see the picture of the horse on American Airlines? Someone brought an emotional support animal and it was a horse. Now, I don't know if you're like me. I don't. I have a hundred pound German Shepherd, and he is a protection animal. He's actually gone through all the training. He has the little vest, he's got all of it. I don't bring him everywhere. I don't bring him on airplanes because I think it's kind of rude. I don't know if somebody has a bad dog allergy, just like I have a bad cat allergy. I don't do that. So we kennel him. We can use him. That's his job to make sure that we're safe. I don't do it because I just don't think it's right. This person brought a pony, a pony. And you know, here's what's crazy. In the article, it talks about how the lady was having to say sorry all the time because the horse kept jostling the other passenger in the seat next to her in the pony. And I thought, you know, if I'm... If I gain another five pounds, they're going to make me buy a second seat. But if I bring a pony on, I don't have to buy a second seat. The world has gone insane. Ah. Excuse me. Could you uh, could you maybe put the pony in the overhead? Because. Uh... Oh my god. All right. Do you have a hard time sleeping? I know I do because I'm thinking about how crazy the world is. So I lay in bed and I count ponies. Here's the way you can actually get a good night's sleep. Try MyPillow.com. Cut the pony right out of it. Uh, You can count the money that you've saved instead. MyPillow.com. They have a great special going on right now. If you go to MyPillow.com and click on new radio listener specials, 
You're going to see some amazing offers on their pillows. They're really, really great sheets, mattress toppers, and so much more. For example, their dog bed is $19.99. I don't know how much it usually is, but it's not anywhere close to that. I don't know about their pony bed. I have no idea. Probably 25 bucks, maybe. Ask them. Promo code bed. Oh, they don't make pony beds? Oh, really? Why is that? Oh, because ponies aren't in the house or in the car or on an airplane. That's right. They sleep in barns. Anyway, uh, right now, my pillow. you can get these products. They come with a 60-day money-back guarantee, a 10-year warranty, and you'll get a copy of Mike Lindell's new book. If you get that book and pre-order it, you're going to get your entire order shipped for free. Go to MyPillow.com, specials that they've never had before, new radio listener specials. You just click on that, get deep, deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the dog bed, ponies not included, for as low as nineteen ninety nine. Enter promo code BECK at call 1-800-966-3117. That's 800-966-3117. Get the great radio specials right now. Enter the promo code Beck at MyPillow.com. Ten seconds, station ID. I am going to, I'm going to rent a pony, and I'm going to come into the Salt Lake City Airport on the back of my pony, and I'm going to have my shotgun in the saddle, okay, like the rifleman. I'm going to have that in there, and I'm going to ride in on my emotional support pony. And I'm going to buy the extra seat because I'm five pounds too fat. And then my pony and my gun and I are getting on board. I think the world makes total sense. That is an incredible... I mean, now that you've pointed out this horse thing, I've gone and, of course, looked at the photo of it. Mm -hmm. How on earth... How on mm-hmm. earth could that happen? We uh, we had to bring a uh, our little dog on the plane one time and didn't want. And your little dog is like ten pounds. Yeah, like ten pounds. <laughs> she was a little fat at the time, twenty pounds maybe. Uh, and uh, but 20, 10, 10 of those pounds is is just in the eyes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it was a pug. <laughs> uh, so, but they gave us such a. I mean, just to put the thing under underneath the seat where it just sat sits there calmly and does nothing for the entire flight. That was deposits and, and finagling and making sure. Yeah, like, there was so much we had to do just to do that one time. You can put a freaking horse. The horse is standing across the entire row. It's a, yes. it's a horse. It's a horse. <laughs> it's a, like a legitimate horse. It is a horse. And it is its head is like in the lap of the other passenger. And you're like, what the? What? Can you imagine sitting down? And somebody going, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Oh, is this is this my row? Are you in the right seat? Excuse me, do you have a pony with you? <laughs> no, this is not your aisle. This is not the right seat for you. Excuse me, stewardess, she has a pony. You won't let me keep my laptop out under my feet. You won't let you won't let me have that. Everything has to be over. She has a pony. I don't know how we're all gonna get out if there's an emergency. Because there's a pony blocking our way. Like, we are really at that point in our society where a normal thing is hated by so many, and there's the cancel culture that comes out and goes crazy. You say, 
you, know, you say one thing that's slightly wrong. You post a picture that looks insensitive. Like I, there's a couple of those stories today where I think it was like Kim Kardashian and um, what was the uh, the lady from Modern Family, Sofia Vergara, posted photos of the Bahamas. They're like, how dare you post a photo of your vacation when there's a hurricane destroying oh, the Bahamas? And it's like, and, and at that point, we're, we're so offended by the most minor things and then so accepting of the most bizarre things. A you horse know one... on a plane. They made a movie called Snakes on a Plane because it was ridiculous. <laughs> now there are horses on planes. Like, that's a sequel you wouldn't even make. You know the two most underword, underused words in, in the English language today? I, I don't Shut know. up. <laughs> Shut up. Excuse me, I have a pony. How do I? Shut up. <laughs> no, I really have a pony. Shut up. No, but I want to get it on the plane. Mm-hmm. Shut up. I mean, we just need, I want a t-shirt. I want a Glenn Beck program shut up t-shirt because that's what needs to be said. All the, you know, this is really stress. Shut up. Oh, can I please point no, to it every time is- someone says we have to have a conversation about gun violence? Yeah. Shut up. Because you don't shut want a conversation. Up. You don't want to talk about it. No, oh. you just, you want to preach about it. Yep. You want somebody to give you clapter mm-hmm. and you want to win an argument. So shut up. Back in a minute with my pony. You're listening to Glenn Beck. All right, you then. Did you know? Did you know that uh, I think I have the wrong commercial? What, what is my commercial here? It's uh, what is it? Simply safe? Oh, it is simply yeah. safe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, did you know that most break-ins happen between six a.m. and six p.m.? Homes without security are 300% more likely to be broken into. And a lot of the times, just knowing that the home has a security system is what keeps burglars away. So what are you thinking? You got to get a security system. And the one that you is affordable, the one that doesn't rake you over the coals, the one that doesn't trap you in a long-term contract because there are no contracts, no strings attached, no wiring. No pushy salespeople. It's simplysafebeck.com. All you have to do is go to simplysafebeck.com and you order the security system that you want. It's $15 a month, no hidden fees, no contract, no fine print. You'll also get a $100 value of free HD security camera when you order. Just go to simplysafebeck.com. That's simplysafebeck.com. Do it now. Keep your family safe the simple and easy way. SimplySafeBeck.com. We're going to some of the biggest Democratic donors in the country right now on BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Use Glenn for the uh, code and get 10 bucks off. Welcome to the uh, program. Just a quick update. Uh, China has threatened the Hong Kong protesters. They said, quote, the end is coming for those who antagonize China. Oh. Oh, well, that's. That's good. Uh, By the way, there was a response to uh, Deborah Messing uh, and uh, the guy who played uh, Will, who is so irrelevant, I don't know his name. Um, a, A response came. From the guy who played Jay Peterman, John O'Hurley. I love John O'Hurley. He was the guy who played uh, Jay Peterman in uh, on Seinfeld. Um, you remember him? And Elaine used to work for him. 
He said, um, conservatives tend to be lone wolves. Uh, there's more diversity in the land of beautiful people than you might think, he said. I think they, the, um, the left has the bully pulpit right now uh, to say it out loud. It doesn't permeate Hollywood to the degree that you think it is. I think there's a nature among liberal thinkers to form packs or to form groups, whereas the conservative mind is basically an individual and they're tougher to find. I think that's true. I think we are a product of, and you can assign negativity to this, but we're a product of the me uh, side of the equation. The left is the we, and there's, there's, there's grace and there's prosperity when that is balanced. When everybody is me, 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 we forget about too many people. When everyone is we, 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 we generally tend to gas people that we don't agree with. So we need to think about we're all in this together, the we part, in a balanced way. And it's the power of the individual that makes the difference. That's, that's the American way. And I know you don't dare say that anymore, but that's the American way. Uh, well, he this, says, uh, do you want this video here, Glenn? Oh, uh, yeah. Do you have it? Audio. We do. It's uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, John O'Hurley on uh, Fox News. I'm embarrassed for both of them. And I'll say this because I know them both, and I've worked with Deborah before. They're both smart people. They do wonderful work. But they're pushing a case that falls apart from the sheer weight of its lunacy. As though the Hollywood community needs to be purged of this social and intellectual hygiene problem called conservative thinking. And it just, it, it, it falls, it underscores the fact that... Um, we aren't receptive to diversity of thought, which is the exact opposite of what you feel the liberal, the liberal way would be. Uh, and I find that obscene. Artistic expression really is the act of the infinite possibility. All viewpoints must be observed and respected. So at the same time we are supporting free thinking, we also have to support free receptors. Mm -hmm people that will allow other ideas to infect them. Some of the best conversations I ever had on the Seinfeld set were with Michael Richards, who thinks totally differently than I do. But I couldn't wait to present him with an issue or something because I was always interested in his perspective on it, and I was always fascinated. My dearest friend Brian Cranston, another liberal thinker, certainly opposite to me, he and I can sit for hours, hours discussing an idea. And I love that. I cherish that. Yeah. Not with the premise of trying to convince each other. That is what we have lost. In our certitude, we are certain, to quote my last book, we are certain that the other side has nothing of value to teach us. So we don't have to listen to them. All we have to do is convince them on how wrong they are. And that's the problem. We are all filled with moral certitude. Well, you know, there's, there's, uh, it's an amazing thing. I've, I've actually had uh, people on the left who have had an awakening and said, I can't believe it. The, the people who have been the most kind and compassionate have been the conservatives. And I expected them to run me out on a rail. And... No, real conservatives, real conservatives do not run people out on a rail. If you believe in the Constitution, we want to have a conversation. 
But we also want to be able to uh, have a right or wrong. We want to be able to come up with a solution that is somewhat verifiable, you know, as verifiable as it can be. We want, if you show me scientific proof and you show me something that I can run a thousand tests on and it continues to come that way, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to say yes. I, I just read something about the Farmer's Almanac. And they're saying that the Farmer's Almanac is calling for a really, really tough winter. But in that, a scientist was quoted in saying, we have a hard time trying to figure out what the weather is going to be in the next day, let alone a year from now. But you can tell me what the climate is going to be a hundred years from now? you see any irony in that? Do you see it? Do, do you see maybe that... Maybe you should be a little less certain about what you're certain of. By the way, Jeffrey Epstein, the guy who he was working with, the model agency boss. Now, this is the guy accused of scouting young girls for the the uh, pedophile ring they had has now disappeared. Investigators have been looking for him. French authorities want to uh, talk to him over his ties to Epstein as part of their own probe into what he was doing in his house in Paris. He's a ghost that has disappeared without trace, a legal source in Paris told the paper. Oh, really? Investigators have made inquiry throughout the U.S. and Europe as well as Brazil, where the Frenchman was seen looking for girls just three months before Epstein was arrested. There's no address for him. All of his Internet accounts, including social media, have all been wiped out. He's uncontactable. Really? Huh. That's weird. In this world where you can find anyone at any time, this guy has just disappeared. He fell into the wood chipper. What? What? I mean, you don't think the Clintons will let him live, do you? I love saying that just because people think I'm being serious. How dare you? How dare you? It is a weird. uh, The the whole story is so bizarre. Although I don't understand, you know, the conspiracy theories on the on the Epstein thing. Just I don't understand why they wouldn't kill him when he was just walking around Florida for the past ten years. Why would they wait until he was in a federal prison? It seems like it would be so much more difficult to penetrate a prison to kill him when they could have just killed him when he was like walking. Well, they waited too long. They waited too long. They waited too long. Hillary's arrogance. She thought she could get away with okay. this one, too. Okay. And so they waited too long, Stu. This is easy. Uh, give me a, give me another one. I can I can help you out on any conspiracy. So you theory. think you solved that one now? Oh, I solved that one. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah, they making they sure had all their people positioned in place and, you know, ready to go. So he could continue to do that because they were, they were selling these young children in pizza shops all across the country. Mm. So, I don't understand you know, the, the pizza the, connection. Just the... Just the pizza union alone, the power of that pizza <laughs> was going to keep that guy out. And somehow or another, it slipped through the cracks, and he ended up in prison, and they had to kill him there. This guy, They I, were thinking about killing yeah. him in the pizza oven. It's a wood-fired pizza oven. They thought about killing him there, and they thought, nah, Hillary will pull all the strings. It'll get, it'll get, it, it, he'll, he'll be fine, and we can continue to sell these, these small orphan children. Uh, uh, case closed. I'm, I know I'm satisfied. Okay, uh, good. <laughs> that's plenty. It. The guy got, yeah, got the it. guy was very busy. 
I don't understand his whole because they, they they don't know how he really made his money. He seemed to have a relationship with one big billionaire where he made like all of this money, and he continually was just importing women and girls all the time. Like there's a re- the latest report had him rejecting a 23 year old girl because she was too old and uh, because that was one of the people who was recruited he was paying hundreds of dollars per woman several times a day i guess to have women recruit these girls from high school and bring them into the house how did this go on for so long it's it really is incredible it really is an incredible story and i swear to you this story existed for how many freaking years were conservatives were the ones saying hey you know this guy who's flown with Bill Clinton 26 times on his jet and gone to some creepy island somewhere where he's been molesting girls? Like, shouldn't we look into this a little more seriously? What's going on with this? And no one cared for a decade. And all of a sudden, when when it's Trump's labor secretary who's uncovered that he's the guy that gave Epstein the sweetheart deal... Now everyone's hyper-focused on making sure these well, women and girls get their justice. It's, it's, it's interesting because no one was interested in the FBI. No one was interested in the IRS, whether there was something going on during the Tea Party and Obama was using it. No one was interested in the FBI. You know, with, with the justice, the director of justice, our attorney general saying, you know what we have to do in advance of being the attorney general. What we have to do is we have to get these guns in the hands of bad guys and let them use them. And that'll teach America that we need gun control and then running guns across the border and selling them, doing the very the very thing he stated. Nobody was interested in that. Hmm. Nobody was interested in anything to do with the Justice Department or FBI. But they made the mistake of when Donald Trump was in office going after him. And I think we're going to see a lot come out of these FISA courts. I think we're going to learn an awful lot here in the next couple of weeks, maybe this week, on what's really going on in our government. Mm. I mean, to the extreme, they did it with Russia. I mean, we had a, a half century of the left embracing Russia and saying how wonderful they are and having multiple presidential candidates go there on honeymoons. And now, when the, finally, when, could, because they placed too many Facebook ads in support of Donald Trump, I guess, now all of a sudden the, the left is just terrified of Russia and, and wants, wants to make sure that we take it super serious. It is. They a, were the ones who just said the 1980s called and mm-hmm. they want their foreign policy back. Yeah. And now it's okay because now you'll see a few of them say, you know, well, I guess that was not the appropriate approach at that time. Oh, well, when, does, when do they pay the price for that? Is there any point where we say, you know... That analysis was really damaging to the country. Um, and you, because you wanted to win an election against Mitt Romney, you decided to excuse Russia, who everybody knew was acting in a terrible way. I think way. they're paying the price for it right now. Yeah. I think if, if the left were honest with themselves, which will never happen, but if the left were honest with themselves, they would see that the ones that are responsible truly for Donald Trump are those who said, George Bush he hates black people and and is uh, blowing up the levees and he was in on nine uh, on nine eleven and then uh, and then excusing absolutely everything that Barack Obama did that th- there was nothing that that guy could do that was right in uh, that was wrong in any way shape or form covering up all kinds of stuff and then Mitt Romney runs 
Oh, Mitt Romney, he's the devil incarnate. It's going to be the end of the world if Mitt Romney. He gets elected, there's going to be dogs on car roofs all over America. He has, they have elected, they have demonized everyone. Everyone. Not just saying that they're not a good candidate, there's bad policy, but they've demonized everyone to the point to where it does, it's no longer effective. And that's what we're seeing now. I got to give you the stats on the Me Too uh, movement. That thing has rebounded. And it's doing exactly what we said it would do. It would actually hurt real women with real problems. And it's rebounded. And I think the left is going to be shocked, shocked at the earthquake that they themselves have started when this, when all of this comes rebounding back. Back in just a second. Somewhere within the sound of my voice, somewhere in America is a man of faith who loves God. He loves his family, loves his country, loves to get out into the country and just be quiet. He loves his pair of Tacovis boots. In fact, he loves it so much he's talking somewhere in America into a microphone, right? This is about me, isn't it? Yes. I'm that guy today. I'm that guy. I've been out... We've been restoring a cabin. Check it out at glenbeck.com. We've been restoring a cabin uh, that was built in 1880. And I have been collecting stuff for the inside of this cabin. And I've been going to yard sales and little, you know, you know, antique shops on the side of the road and buying things for 10 years for this cabin. Well, it finally is finished. And... All I want to do is just stay there and listen to the sound of the Aspens and just read and write. And I can't because I had to get onto a plane and go to Los Angeles. So to make sure that I still carry a bit of that around with me, I'm wearing my Tecovis, my Tecovis boots. You can get them now at tecovis.com slash Beck, T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash Beck. They are... Fantastic boots. And with any $150 purchase that you make today, you're going to receive a free calfskin soft leather card case, hand-stitched in a beautiful bourbon color leather. It's a $45 value, and it's free with any purchase over $150. You just have to enter the promo code BECK at the checkout. But do it now. Find your pair of Tecovis. They remind you what's real. Tecovis.com slash Beck. Tecovis.com slash Beck. Make sure you enter Beck at the checkout and you'll get your free card case with purchase. It's Tecovis.com slash Beck. Western wear for your frontier. You're listening to Glenn Beck. We are now discussing uh, whether we should have more laws and make it more restrictive to be able to buy a gun. Because we had a shooting this weekend where the shooter was refused a license by the state of Texas. He did not pass the gun test, so he could not buy a gun legally. But yet, that doesn't seem to matter. On tomorrow's program, I'm going to show you the brave new world. Three stories that came out this weekend. One, scientists have discovered a new kind of quantum time order. 
Wait until you hear about this. Uh, uh, fraudsters used AI to mimic a CEO's voice in a cybercrime. And sound the alarm over brain-reading technology and what's called neurocapitalism. This will be the most frightening thing you will hear all week, guaranteed. That's all on tomorrow's broadcast. You're listening to Glenn Beck.